Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. Thank you all so much for bearing with me. There was no episode last week um, and we did not have one because I am in Austin, Texas and we were without water and snowed in for several days. So I was not up for recording. We had a lot of things to worry about around our house and I very, very, very much appreciate your patience and uh, appreciate everyone who reached out to make sure I was okay. So we are good, we have water, I am showered, and so excited to be back here with you guys for this amazing episode. And while I was away, while I was off dealing with the unprecedented snowstorm that we had here in Austin, uh, several of my clients had major, major, major wins and success. One of my clients, Ashley, she had been unemployed for six months before working together, and she made the leap officially from event planning to HR and is now making more money than she ever has in her career. I saw something in her literally the second we spoke and we moved really fast to get her into her new career. She had been out of work for like, like I said, several months. And I tell all my clients all the time that I do not take on anyone who I do not believe in 110%. I am your biggest cheerleader. I will help you cut past all the bullshit of your own self-limiting beliefs and get you into your dream job. And that's exactly what happened uh, with Ashley. So I know a lot of you are in that same boat, having been unemployed for a long time. um, And I promise you there is a way out of it. There is a bright side to uh, a light at the end of the tunnel, shall I say, and I'm here to help you with that. So this is you. If you are someone who wants something better, you want to be more aligned, you want a higher paying job, I can get you there from the lens of having been a director of training at four different companies. So schedule your free consultation call with me today. You have nothing to lose. It's totally free. We get on the phone, see if we're a good fit for each other. Um, So that's really, really important. So all you need to do is go to www.theovernighttrainer.com slash slash coaching, scroll to the bottom and schedule that free consultation call with me today. So I want to get into today's episode, which is all about how to go from being an individual contributor on your learning and development team to an L&D leader. And this is great for those of you who are wanting to get into L&D. And wondering, you know, what does the path look like? What would I need to do to grow within this uh, industry? Or for those of you who are currently in L&D, so if you're an instructional designer and learning and management system administrator, an experienced designer, a facilitator, uh, you know, runs the gambit. If you are currently an individual contributor within a team, um, even if you're a manager and you want to grow to actually lead the department, this episode 
is for you. Uh, like I said, and you've heard my story before, but just in case you haven't, I started out literally knowing nothing about training. <laughs> I sat through a training class myself um, as a participant at a company I was working for. I was enamored by the facilitator of the course, the content of the course, and afterwards, you know, went up to the director of training at the time and said, hey, how do I do this? I want to be in training. And literally overnight, which is why my whole company is called The Overnight Trainer, uh, I became a trainer. They just said, okay, great. Do you know this software? I said, yes. And they made me a trainer the very next day. I became a software trainer. So I literally knew nothing. And within the next two and a half years, I ended up becoming the director of corporate training. So what I wanna talk about today are kind of three proficiencies, three main areas that you need to really nail uh, on your way to becoming a, a learning leader. So on the head of learning and development, a director of learning and development, these are three things that I learned along the way and then I'm gonna pass down uh, the secrets, the path uh, to you today. So let's start with number one, or the first place where you need to be proficient. And number one is tactical L&D experience. So you need to be able, you, you let's, let me start over there. You need to have gotten your hands dirty and be able to get your hands dirty. You need to become a master at facilitation and training, have a clear working knowledge of instructional design and analysis. You do not need to be the expert of everything, but you have to have a working knowledge of most of it. So as an L&D leader, you're going to hire people um, who are inevitably going to be smarter than you in certain areas, but you need to have a working knowledge around how the entire team works together. What does each position do? Why do we need each position? And at every company, it's going to look different, right? So really understanding, you know, what does an LMS administrator do? What does an instructional designer do? What does a facilitator do? What does an, a program manager do or a product manager? All of these, whoever is within your L&D team, what do they do when having a working knowledge of what everyone does and how to do what they do? Really important when it comes to the tactical side of L&D and having the experience is having metrics to back up that the training you've designed and delivered in the past has achieved business results. So for example, for me, many, many years ago, I created a program for an organization I was working for on how to increase phone sales. So I was doing this while I was still a corporate trainer. I was not a director of training yet. And I looked at the metrics before the training program. So what was everyone, you know, from a company-wide perspective, where was everyone from a sales, uh, phone sales perspective? What were their metrics before the training program? What were their metrics during the training program? And then I tracked the changes right after and several months, uh, continued on for several months. So at the end of all of that, so at the end of several months, I was able to prove that the training program that I created increased phone conversions by 2%, which is actually huge. I know it sounds small, but <laughs> in that context, 2% was huge. And it equated to an additional $6 million in revenue. So being able to say, I create trainings that have this amount of impact is what I really mean by tactical L&D experience. So yes, you have the working knowledge of how to do instructional design, how to facilitate, uh, what the LMS does, you know, really understanding the tactical side of things, but even deeper that the tactical knowledge and the tactical expertise that you have has produced results. So like I said, tactical is more than just creating great training. It's about creating learning programs that are impactful to the learner as well as the organization. 
So if you feel like you're lacking in the tactical L&D experience portion, you're not quite sure how to track it, how to develop it, because tracking it ultimately, <laughs> you have to start with, with the end in mind, essentially. Um, so if you feel like you're lacking in that, I highly, highly suggest my course, The Overnight Trainer. In that course, I walk you through everything that you need to have when it comes to the tactical side of being an L&D leader. So whether you're brand new to L&D, whether you've been in L&D, this course is a great kind of in-between for everyone because it walks you through everything that you will need to know, whether you are an individual contributor within L&D or you want to grow as an L&D leader. So in short, you really need to be able to create impactful training quickly and easily and be able to teach others how to do the same, right? So that's a big part of it as well. So you've got the tactical down, you know how to create this really incredible, impactful training that is changing on the job, changing on the job behavior is also producing incredible business results. And then on top of that, you're now able to show other people how to do it. So you're paying, essentially paying it forward. So the first thing in growing from being an individual contributor on an L&D team to becoming an L&D leader is having that tactical L&D experience and it being proven to help with business. Speaking of business, number two is getting really, really good at business strategy. So you don't need to have an MBA, but you do need to really understand how business works and how the L&D function fits into the overall business strategy. So becoming a business partner with to the organization means that you'll really have to understand strategy. So first and foremost, what are the goals of the organization? What is looking, what's around the corner, what's down the pipe? and down the pike and in the pipeline uh, for the next six months, year, two years, three years, five years. And then from a strategy perspective, how can we develop learning to support the on-the-job behavior that will need to change in order to reach those business goals, right? So it just goes, it, it, you need to have, number one, that tactical L&D experience, but also the business strategy. So to get really good at this, it's important to really understand company goals. If you are unclear of the goals in the company, talk to someone who is clear. So if you are currently an individual contributor within an L&D team, ask your L&D director, the head of L&D, the head of HR, whoever it may be, you know, what are the company goals? How are we how are we helping to achieve those? If your company doesn't have goals, that's another story and I suggest listening to my episode on finding out if your company has a learning culture and if it doesn't have goals, I would guess that it does not have a learning culture. So let's take my example from earlier about the phone sales program, the training program that I developed. That came from an overall, overarching and overall company goal of wanting to increase the total net income of the company by 3% year over year. So that's great, but what does that actually mean for L&D? This is where being a strategist comes in, and it's also kind of like being a detective, right? So strategy is, it's not its not A to B, B to C, C to D, right? It's like A to X to B to C, like it's kind of all over the place, right? So very, very, very few times are you gonna have a super linear strategy. You need to be able to be flexible within, there, within your strategy, which does require some detective work. So in that specific case, my team, we interviewed managers. And again, I was still an individual contributor. So when I say my team, I mean like me and other people, like instructional designer on the team. Uh, so all of us who those individual contributor roles, uh, we interviewed managers from all over the country about areas they felt that they could see improvement. 
and unanimously they all said phone sales conversions. So that was a big red flag for us in a good way. And when I did more research into our numbers and compared them to an industry standard, I saw that we had a lot of room to work there, right? So my research validated what I was hearing from the field and from managers in the field saying, our teams are struggling with converting these phone leads into uh, these phone prospects into actual, you know, into actual paying customers. So from there, it was really looking at how to develop learning that would see the greatest increase in sales, which aligned back to the company goal of increasing revenue, increasing income by 3% over last year. We can't always just start like creating willy-nilly training. So that's, I think, uh, where L&D sometimes gets a bad rap and where we miss out on here and where especially individual contributors miss out is that you know, we're just kind of creating willy-nilly willy training based on what we, A, either think there should be or B, what we're being told uh, we should be creating, right? Not being told what the problem is, but we're being told what the solutions are. So to be an effective L&D leader, you have to know what training to create to drive the business forward, both short-term and long-term. So here's a, a longer-term example. In another organization, it was announced that there would be a huge portfolio takeover uh, that would double the size of the company in the next two years. So from a long-term perspective, you know, we dug deeper here and we realized that in two years from now, when that happens, the company wouldn't have the bench strength needed to promote existing employees into management roles, which would be needed, right? So from a, the, the rate at which we were, we could hire or find good talent wasn't going to match up with the rate that we were growing. So we had to make sure that we had people internally within the organization that we could promote but we looked at it and we said, okay, these people won't be ready by that time. So there is that business problem. And the strategy uh, for us is really looking at filling in that gap and how do we create that bend strength to promote the existing employees, existing employees into those management roles. So what I did, and I was as the director here, over, I oversaw the creation of an eight-month program designed to develop the next generation of bend strength for this company based on both functional expertise and leadership competencies, right? So this sets a longer-term strategy here where, you know, sitting down, understanding the company goal is growth and to double in size in the next two years. So then taking that back from a learning perspective and saying, okay, what does that actually mean for us? What does it mean for the company? Well, it means that we're going to need to hire, you know, a hundred or fill hundred management positions. Well, we know that on average, we only are able to find within the market out there, you know, 10 a month. It leads, it's going to lead us with a Delta. We want to make sure we're promoting from within. But then we look at it and we say the structures aren't in place to actually develop people into that next level. Or there isn't a, it, it wasn't a, a clear structure on how to do that in a clear pathway forward. So that's what looking at the longer term strategy, an example of longer term strategy is, right? So there's short term of saying, okay, 3%, we want this 3% income year over year that needs to be put into place now. Okay, what can we do? We can create this phone sales program. Longer term is we're going to double in size in two years. How do we, it's essentially backwards engineering, right? So a lot of business strategy when it comes to learning and development is backwards engineering from that goal to what does that mean for the learners and then filling that gap in. So how can you start doing this today? Uh, first and foremost, and I talk about this a lot, but you need to get out of the order taker mindset. So if you are currently in L&D and you are an individual contributor, you are an instructional designer, you are a facilitator, uh, you're an LMS administrator, whatever your position may be, 
you need to get out and work your way out of the order taker mindset. So when you are tasked with something, rather than just taking it, doing it, you know, putting it, essentially putting it on the assembly line, the L&D assembly line and sending it off to the next person, start to ask, what is the business impact? Or how does this help achieve a business goal? Or what business goal is this deliverable aligned to? Right? If it doesn't align, if it doesn't, if it's not aligned with the business goal, if it's not somehow backward engineered for someone to say, hey, this is how it aligns with what it is, start to suggest other ways to make an impact. Right? So that's really where you start to hone in on your business strategy skills. And for me personally, when I started asking, why are we doing this? <laughs> like what, essentially, like, what is the point of this? What, like, wh- how is this driving business? How is this, you know, reaching the, the, the goal of the business at the end of the day? What behaviors do we want to see from our learners? What do we want to teach them so that way they're able to help us from a company perspective, achieve those business goals. When I started asking those questions, right, I was then able to create better learning that was aligned with those goals. And going from, I went from being an order taker to someone who was looked at from a strategic perspective. And so to get really, really good at this, I highly recommend the book called Designing for Modern Learning Beyond Addie and Sam. Uh, It's actually by a previous guest that we had on early on in the podcast, Crystal Kadakia, and her co-author, Lisa M.D. Owens. And I love this book, and I really wish, I mean, it just came out a couple months ago, but if this book would have come out years ago when I was still on my journey to becoming an L&D leader, I probably would have gotten there even faster than two and a half years. So it's it's beyond the tactical, right? So that tactical, like I talked about, that's information you can get a lot of places, but I have everything that you need in my course, the Overnight Trainer course, how to physically create all of these assets um, and you know, how to teach other people how to do it too. But then looking at it from the business strategy perspective, how do you shift from being just seen as an order taker to being seen as a strategic partner within the organization? And you don't have to be a vice president of training to be someone looked at as strategic. So I've worked in organizations where the instructional designer was the person who was the strategic mind on the team. So don't think that just because you don't have director or manager or VP in your title that you can't be seen as a strategic leader on the team. I absolutely have seen it happen in several different organizations that I have worked in. And so keep that in mind that you don't have to have the title to be a strategic business partner and really understand business strategy and how learning can align with business goals. And lastly, of equal importance to the other two, so we talked about to actually being able to tactically create, facilitate, uh, demonstrate successful, impactful learning. We talked about being a business strategist and aligning the learning programs that you're creating with business goals or aligning business goals and making sure uh, with your learning programs, so kind of vice versa there. And lastly, of equal importance to those two is leadership. Leadership, 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 and the ability to lead a team of learning professionals and develop them to the next level. This industry is constantly evolving. Every single day, it feels like there are new models and new theories and new things to try. And, you know, it's, I think it's very much like a take what you want and leave the rest. Uh, But it's a, it's, we are moving now more rapidly in learning and development than we ever, ever, ever have. And I've been doing this for 
a decade now. I know people have been doing this for 30 years and they'll say the same exact thing that in the last year, two, three, four, five years, we have seen a bigger move towards you know modern learning to really understanding the science behind all of this than we ever have in, in years prior. So leadership and being able to guide a team to the next level is incredibly, incredibly important. So that means that you need to be up on your shit. Right, that you need to know what's up, that when trends are, cha are changing, that you are aware of them. doesn't mean you're applying every single one of them, but you're aware as what to what's going on. You know, oftentimes in L&D, we are, I, I've been called this before. If you listen to my first podcast, I talk about this too, but we are often the cobbler's kids with no shoes, meaning that we are often creating learning opportunities for everyone else except ourselves, except ourselves. And I see it I've seen it at organizations I've worked at. I see it at organizations I consult in that here's this great, incredible L&D team, but they're not getting developed. So they're actually falling behind. And when L&D falls behind, the rest of the organization falls behind as well, right? You can't pour from an empty cup. So as an L&D leader, me personally, my when I was uh, managing teams of L&D uh, people, <laughs> When I was managing L&D teams, my first priority is always to my team, leading and developing them because without them being at the top of their game, number one and number two doesn't matter, right? So I could be tactically brilliant and gifted. I could be creating the best training there ever is and, or so I think, right? And I could be a great business strategist, but if I'm not developing myself and we're not developing the team, it's probably not the best training that it could be. And it's probably not the best strategy that it could be, right? So in order to have one and two, you have to be a strong leader and you have to have to lead by example. So it's not that you're just sending your teams to get trained all the time. It's that you are getting trained all the time too, right? We need to practice what we preach as lifelong learners and people who are, we're really into this, right? Like we cannot let our own education go by the wayside. We get frustrated when our learners are not, you know, not taking any of our courses or not applying what we, you know, what we told them. If we are doing and modeling the exact same thing, nothing will ever change. So L&D teams and specifically L&D leaders, right, have to be strong in understanding where my team needs to be developed because if the team is not developed, the organization will not be developed either. And really important too, like leadership skills do not have to be solely within your organization. So don't think that, oh, like I don't have... I don't have a manager title here, right? So I'm not a leader here. I'm not seen as a leader or I'm brand new or, hey, I haven't even started in L&D yet. I, I'm a teacher and I'm looking to get into it. That's okay. Leadership skills come from all over the place. So I have a one-on-one -on -one client who doesn't have a team currently to lead. So she's in, in, in an L&D role, but she has joined the leadership team on her local association for talent development board. Right? So there are tons and tons of different ways where you can get leadership experience that you can easily apply to being an L&D leader. Um, you just need to look for them. And also kind of what I was saying before too, that you can also prove your leadership within your organization without a leadership title. We can all be, we not we can, we all are leaders. No matter what we're doing, you can flex your leadership skills. So to be a leader, you have to be a great communicator. So how are your communication skills, right? Think about that for a little bit. Is that an area of opportunity for you? Great leaders know how to balance empowerment and still being there when their team needs it. 
Are you constantly micromanaging other people on your team? Are you completely hands off with others? Let them do their own thing, right? So start to look at how to create a balance and start to become the go-to person that people look to when they need help. Even if it's just that you're pointing them in the right direction, right? That was something that for me, before I was even a leader, I was just someone that people came to for help. And it's not that I could always help them, but I could say, hey, you know what? Why don't you try going to so-and-so? They might have that answer. Or, oh, I had this problem before too. I went and talked to so-and-so and they helped me with that, right? So being that go-to person. And this really requires a huge shift. And I find it a lot happens when we're, uh, you know, individual contributors, it's really, really easy to be an ostrich and put our head in the sand, right? And this requires you to peek your head out and ask yourself, you know, how can I be of service to the whole team? And that's really, really important, right? Because to be a great leader, you have to be of service to your team. And it does not take having a manager, a director, a VP title for you to be seen as the person who is giving service to your team. That could be saying, hey, I found this great free conference and sending it to your team. Or wow, I learned something new. I'd love to show that to our team in our next team meeting. Right? So it doesn't have to be these gigantic things of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, send everyone to a Harvard extension program. Right? It could be as small as I learned something new and I'd like to teach it to other people who want to learn it. Right? So keep that in mind. And for me, one of the most pivotal books that really helped me shape my leadership is a book called It's the Manager, and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well. But what I like about it too is it's all based on uh, Strengths Finders, and you can actually take and get access to the Strengths Finders assessment and find out what your leadership strengths are. So find out what they are, use them to your advantage. And again, it's not something that you have to have this big fancy title for, right? You can today say, Hey, team, I learned how to do this animation in PowerPoint. Let me show you in case you have to create a presentation. Or, hey, this problem keeps coming up. This is how I solved it. If you ever come across it, here's how to solve it, right? That could be an email. That could be something you'd show them in a meeting, right? There's, it could, you could record, something I used to do for my teams all the time is I would learn something new. I would record a little snippet video for them. They don't have to always watch it, but I'd say, hey, uh, there was a new feature in training once and I found it out. I recorded a little video and I sent it to the rest of the training team. I said, hey, you thought this might be interesting to you. Some people used it, some people didn't, right? But then I started to be seen as a leader. So when people had questions about go-to training, they would come to me, right? They automatically assumed because I would send these tips out that I knew everything. Doesn't mean I knew everything, but I was seen as a leader when it came to that. So keep that in mind. What can you do to start serving your teams today? So of course, like, while there's other factors, mastering these three things, so tactical L&D experience, being able to get your hands dirty, uh, mastering you know, really the L&D tactical role, being a business strategist, and developing these leadership skills, these are the three things that led me to go from a corporate trainer to director of training in less than three years. It was, I think it was about two, two and a half years, two years, four months, something along those lines. Uh, even before that, I started to technically manage the team without having the title because of the way that uh, promotion, the promotion cycle worked. So in about two years, I went from literally knowing nothing about training and raising my hand and saying, hmm, I think I want to do this, uh, to leading an entire learning function for an organization of 2,500 people. And it's because I knew my shit. <laughs> 
I, I spent as much time as I could educating myself about how to be really, really good at creating training and creating impactful training that the rest of the organization could see was making an impact on not only the learners, but on the business. I then started to question, why are we doing this? Right? What, what do, why do, do we even need a training for this? Is this, a, is this a training problem? Is training gonna solve this problem? If it is, right, what is the, how does it relate to the business goal? How does it align to the business goal? How will this training help us achieve that goal? Asking those questions and really, really getting clear on how to set strategy and when to say yes to training and when to say no to developing training. And lastly, developing those leadership skills. And those were skills that I developed before I even you know, had this particular role, right? So as I was a sales manager before, so I was already doing this. So leadership skills are incredibly, incredibly transferable. Um, you don't need to have L&D leadership skills. You just need to have leadership skills. And what can you do to serve your team? And what can you do to serve your team today? You don't have to have that title of director, manager, VP, head of, SVP, whatever it may be, in order to be an effective leader, ask yourself, how can I serve my team today? So I've taken all these experiences, packaged them into this short episode for you guys. Um, But of course, I do spend a lot of time, I have several, several clients who I work with one-on-one right now who are individual contributors and are looking to become L&D leaders. And so that's also what I work on in my one-on-one coaching. So I have people who are looking to transition into L&D for the first time. And then about half of my clients are people who are looking to grow within their L&D career. So if that's you also, let me know. Schedule a one-on-one consultation with me. It's completely free. We can see if coaching is right for you. Uh, We can see how fast we can get you to to where you want to be. So schedule that free consultation. Let's get you promoted. And I can't wait to see all you future L&D leaders. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.